Hello. Welcome to Public Affairs and WRBH. I'm Lynn Koppel, and today we're joined by Veronica Reed, who is the Executive Director of STAIR. And before we start the show, I want to say thank you so very much, Ms. Reed, and thank you, STAIR, for the things you do for our children. Um, it's STAIR's role in New Orleans, to me, is very important. And I just thank you, and goodness bless your efforts thank and your you. mission. Thank you. Well, tell us first, what does STAIR stand for? STAIR stands for Start the Adventure in Reading. Oh, okay, that's fair. Yes, I have heard that. What am I, <laughs> what am I saying? Go ahead. And tell us what its mission is. Um, the mission of STAIR is to improve the reading skills and self-esteem of lower elementary school students. Um, what that looks like is we provide one-on-one -on -one reading tutoring um, at no cost to families and schools, to children in second grade primarily who are struggling with reading, who just need that extra time and assistance to solidify their reading skills. And it's so important, the second grade that you mentioned, and you, of course, know this, but the third grade is do or die, isn't it? Isn't that yes. where all the testing usually takes place now? So you got to prepare in the second grade for those tests and stuff in the third grade. That's true. Um, at STAIR, we don't really focus on the test, but we think more about the fact that yes. um, by the time you um, are ending third grade, you're moving from learning to read mm -hmm. to reading to learn. So you need those skills in place for all of the other subjects that you're going to tackle as you move forward in your um, school career, like social studies and math and everything else. Yes. Well, you know, and it's so terrifying to think if you don't have strong reading skills, what you're going to do, you know. You'll fall behind. You'll fall behind, uh, further behind every year. And when, when those of us who love to read think about it, you just wonder what would our lives have been like had we not had really good reading instruction when we were little. Yes. And so you have mentoring programs. In other words, is, is tell us how STAIR works because I'm at the end we're going to make <laughs> a heartfelt uh, appeal to anyone who thinks it sounds interesting and that they could do it. So tell us all about how it works with STAIR. Sure. Um, STAIR actually is a volunteer-based organization. Mm -hmm. um, annually, we recruit somewhere between 300 and 350 um, volunteers to work one-on-one -on -one with the 225-plus students that we serve every mm -hmm. year. Um, one student is matched to one adult, and that dyad, that mm -hmm. um, team, is together from the beginning of the school year through the end. And um, while working with the child, there's also this aspect of relationship building, because sure. a year in the um, life of a seven-year-old <laughs> is almost a lifetime. Sure. So they get a wonderful adult who is paying attention to them, giving them positive reinforcement, reading stories with them but also working on literacy skills. Um, and the wonderful thing is that children rarely feel as though STARE is um, punitive. Yes. They rarely feel as though it's intervention. Um, they see STARE as fun. I walked into one of our tutoring um, spaces at the end of last year, and in a very childlike handwriting, <laughs> there was a note that says STARE is fun um, <laughs> with an exclamation point. And you couldn't ask for that kind of... Um, a PR, if you... <laughs> an endorsement, yeah, a, a really heartfelt endorsement. That's right. Well, you know, it, it, to me it is so important that you have 
that you think of reading as fun. And I, I wonder sometime, and I shouldn't say this, but if going to school is not seen as fun, but maybe going... Well, tell us when STAIR takes place. It's after school, isn't it? We're an after school and Saturday morning program. So we have tutoring at both times. Um, and we tend to be fairly diverse in how we operate. Mm-hmm. So some of our after school programs are actually in school buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, other programs are in um, community organizations. Yeah. Some are in church halls. Yeah. Um, some are at universities. Mm-hmm. And we have wonderful relationships with both Tulane and Dillard University. And so it gives us this um, diversity of programming that allows families to access us where it best meets their need. Yeah, and closest to where and they was, are. Yes. I mean, this, you know, I can see that Sometimes getting your kid to school is one thing, and yeah. so that, and it's good to have it in school, but it's not the same school structure. And I, I think some kids have a little problem with that or kind of are scared of it. I don't yeah. know. Well, you know, we do a few things. Um, because access is a big issue in this mm-hmm. city, we actually provide van transportation oh, um, this year for seven, possibly eight of our tutoring locations. Um, even if we tutor at school, mm-hmm. children still have to get back home. Well, of course. And so if they're with us until 5 p.m. after school, we actually take those children back home um, again at seven, possibly eight of our locations this year. We're working on um, mm-hmm. location number eight right now. Well, you know, and that's so important because, of course, you don't want children in second grade setting out from some place and wandering around the street at you know, what's impossible if we still had neighborhood schools, it would be sure. a different um, yeah. a scenario. But uh, you can't get a child out to New Orleans East who's being tutored at Success Prep in, no. um, yeah, in Mid City. Well, you know, and but that's so thoughtful too that you all seem to be thinking through all the little details that have to be done when you're when you're dealing with children. Well, we've existed. We've been in um, existence since 1985. We started as a summer um, initiative of um, some women um, who were part of the Presbyterian Church. Mm -hmm. And I think that that history, um, that longevity has um, we've learned some things. And um, pre-Katrina, we actually would uh, piggyback with the public school buses. Mm -hmm. So um, there was never a problem there. But post-Katrina, in our new world of... um, charter schools and um, children who can go to school outside of their neighborhood and no school zones for the most part, um, it just became incumbent upon us to be able to provide that service if we wanted children and families to be able to access our program. You know, this is such, what we're hearing is so wonderful, but now I have to ask you the nasty question. Sure. How do we pay for this? (laughs) No, I mean, it's not, you certainly don't... uh, well, we don't charge families. You don't charge families. Um, so we do a lot of fundraising. Okay. Um, annually, uh, we raise around four hundred and twenty plus thousand dollars in cash to um, fund our sites, our site staff, um, our main office staff to pay for snacks, to pay for buses, um, mm-hmm. and we have some wonderful partners. Um, and um, but. Again, always this is a good but, though. But, oh, okay. but the big part is um, the support that we get from our volunteers and mm-hmm. our partners. 
Um, that probably adds another 350 plus wow. thousand um, in in-kind support to our budget. Um, we would not be able to run this program if we had to pay tutors. Um, it would just be we wouldn't be able to raise that volume of money. Um, and we also don't pay for any of the space where our tutoring takes place. Mm-hmm. And so that was a that's a positive but for us. Um, it actually almost doubles our budget. Well, you know, it, it's one of those things. I can't believe that you would run it on that little a, a budget, <laughs> you know, to be honest. Oh. And well, none of us are going to get rich. <laughs> well, no, no one's getting no one's making money off of it. But we're being enriched. Well, we are. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, you're enriching the whole community when you think about it. Uh, I love the fact that children who and I don't want to call it intervention. I think that's a that's an education yeah. word. Yeah, we do not see ourselves as intervention at all. You just see yourselves as doing something good for a right. whole bunch of kids. Right. Instilling a love of reading in children. But to love reading, you have to be comfortable with the skills. Mm-hmm. And so by improving children's skills, I think by default, we um, turn them into children who love to read. And maybe children who love to go to school and continue yeah. on to school. And good memories attached to reading. Yeah. Um, we help to create that those foundational memories. Reading is fun, or this is fun. Stare yeah. is fun. You know, to me... This is so very important also. Uh, like you say, it's not intervention. It's kind of like camp, like after school camp. <laughs> after school camp. Well, it starts with a snack, which is always, <laughs> always helpful, <good>. right? <laughs> and a healthy snack. A healthy snack, yes. We um, always start with um, usually fresh fruit, maybe a half of a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, water only. Well, but but this is good. It's yeah. It's like a break in your day, That's and you go to something you enjoy. Is there any requirement for children to get in stare? And then we're going to talk for a minute about how do you get your kid in stare. Sure. Um, we actually have a, um, a set curriculum, and that curriculum can support children who need um, fundamental skills mm-hmm. from about the end of kindergarten through the middle of third grade. And so um, we look for students who fall within a certain range in mm-hmm. the major assessments. So they're failing, but mm-hmm. there's no... Um, developmental issue attached to why they're failing. And so we make the assumption that what they need is extra time, attention, and work on their skills. And so if they fall within those ranges, then we can um, accept them into STARE. Now, how does one get one's child into STARE? Or is it a school-referenced thing? In other words, the school say, well, I have a couple of kids who we think would be served by this? Sure. Um, Well, we Try to um, serve all comers, but the one of the first ways is, of course, to contact us. Um, mm-hmm. Parents can call our office, and that number is 504-899-0820. And, um, ask to, and anyone who answers the phone, they don't even have to ask mm-hmm. to speak to me or anyone else, just to say, how can I um, have my, my child registered in STARE? We feel those calls every day. And what we usually do is ask a few questions, what what school the child attends, how sure. old they are, what grade they're in. And depending on those answers, we um, channel the um, parent in the right direction. Yeah. So if we have an existing relationship with the school, we actually make sure that they contact our school-based contact mm-hmm. and go through that route. But um, if we don't have an ex- existing relationship with that child's school, we ask the parent um, to look at our Saturday sites, and we have five across Orleans Parish, um, three uptown, mm-hmm. one in Lakeview, and one on the West Bank. And um, 
whatever site works best for that parent, we try to put that child in because convenience is also important on Saturday mornings for parents. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it's hard to think about yeah. working parents and how to, you know, getting children here and there, even if the child is dropped off by a bus, it's still and something we, you have yeah. to think about. Yeah, and we do not provide van transportation for Saturdays, unfortunately. Well, but yeah. okay, you can go with your mom, yeah. and that might be, you know, that might not be a bad idea. Anyway, going with a parent, yeah. the parent drops you off and has a, an hour or so. How long does do you all do? Sure. You say we start after school and sure. then go to... So the program is about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um two days a week after school. Um, And so students get approximately two hours of one-on-one tutoring because we start off with the snack. Good. Um, And then on Saturday mornings, we go for about two and a half hours. We start at 9.30 and most sites end at noon. You know, that's probably about as long as kids can concentrate on it. I have a a seven-year-old granddaughter, and at her school, the recommendation for everybody was Mm -hmm. the parent after the the little homework that they have in first grade uh, is done. You have to read for 20 minutes with the child. And so, you know, 20 minutes is about, you know. Well, the wonderful thing is that we have multiple elements Uh in our um, curriculum. Therefore, the, no student is doing one thing for that sure. entire period. Uh-huh. So whether we're working on sight words mm-hmm. and are working on reading itself or maybe playing a word game to build Very vocabulary. Good. So the, the mix in things allows for um, sort of the, the child's attention span. The release yes. of energy. <laughs> you know, that's, and we all have known that's yeah. important. I, I have much decry the getting rid of recess. <laughs> I don't know what you do with kids who are just ready to leap out of their seat. I couldn't imagine school without recess. <laughs> Me too. It just it blows my mind. So you, now, do you take kids from all schools? In other words, are there kids who go to parochial schools or private schools who might do this? Uh, actually, we do um, accept children who attend parochial school on <laughs> vouchers because okay. we define them as public school students okay. because they receive those vouchers because they were attending failing mm-hmm. public schools. So, and yes. this is where they where they yeah. they ended up. Yes. Well, that, that's very good to know. So, <laughs> so we just need proof that they are um, on sure. voucher. And parents, I hope that anyone who's listening who is a parent who has a child who you might be concerned about, should you speak to the school first but or just send them to stare? In other words, is there any requirement of testing or anything like that? Well, the only thing that we require is um, the results from school-administered assessments okay. that show us that the student sits within the range. Sure. And we can be a little flexible on our ranges. For example, if 20 is the low point and 50 is the high point on Mm -hmm. the assessment, if a student's a 19, we're not so hard and fast that we wouldn't accept a 19 because um, that's not so far out of the range that they cannot um, benefit from our curriculum. Yeah, I mean, you you have to be kind of loose because kids kids grow. I mean, maturation precedes learning, as Piaget says, that that that's... And to me, I've always found that to be very true and something and, we should keep in mind. Correct. And, and and I also believe that on any given day that the variation sure. in a test result could be plus or minus 3%. Don't we hear that all the time when uh, <laughs> with survey results? So yeah. It certainly would be on my <laughs> survey if I'm hungry or I'm tired yeah. or I'm, you know, right. so-and-so Billy said something to me and now I'm annoyed, you know. Yeah. yeah so that, that's good to know. I'm 
I hope parents, or if you know people who have children who maybe you think would benefit by this, I hope they will give you a call. And I'm going to ask, please get out your pencils because I'm going to go over this. This will be at the end. We'll talk about yeah. this. Maybe I'll give stare tests. We'll start. We'll um, do um, <laughs> uh, a capture. Try to capture over the course of the next couple of weeks the number of calls that we get regarding um, our uh-huh. program, and we'll see whether or not there's been an impact. That's right. Listen, <laughs> listeners, uh, show your support. But it, it is important. It isn't. This is and an we'd important love to see thing. That. <laughs> Does stare is? It's not just a New Orleans thing, is it? Well, um, we actually have grown beyond New Orleans, um, given the fact that we um, have been around for 32 plus years um, and folks have been with us. And as you move around the country and um, folks were maybe tutors or Mm -hmm. they um, are aware of us through uh, the Presbyterian Church or the Episcopal Church, Mm -hmm. who are large supporters of ours in terms of um, the mission that those churches have around education, um, We've ended up moving to other places. And so now um, we have Stair in Birmingham, Alabama, Annapolis, Maryland. And I always feel as though this is a test, but <laughs> Port Charlotte, Florida, Lewisburg, West Virginia, and Monroe, Louisiana. Um, and, our, and two of our locations, Birmingham, Alabama, and Annapolis, Maryland, are extremely large. Last year, Birmingham served about 175 students. Mm-hmm. And um, Annapolis served, I think, 90 well, but still, you know, it's wonderful to think that prostitutes, I hate to say that because it's not really right, but people go out and feel spread comfortable the good news. they can spread it and, yes. you know, and do something which is really good for the community. Right. And, well, I think that, you know, um, early childhood literacy is an issue across the country. Oh, absolutely. Um, believe it or not, we get calls probably monthly from folks who are interested in um, bringing the STAIR program to their community, mm. um, and hopefully we'll be able to help them in the near future. But right now we're not um, expanding any more of our affiliates. Well, it, it's it's hard, and it's, it's hard work. It takes yeah. time, and it takes work. And you all are supported then. Tell us how you raise funds. Um, I know under every leaf. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, our, um, we have one major fundraiser a year. It's called Stair Fair, and it's actually coming up on November 9th. Um, to mitigate cost, um, we actually have it in a private home. So we're always looking for someone with a fabulous home <laughs> to say, come and have Stair Fair here. Yeah, that's but good. this year, um, we're having it at the home of Liz and Terry Creel. Um, I know the Creels because my son went to high school with their son. A lot of folks know Liz Creel. She was head of the Junior League for a really long time, um, and she also owns a bed and breakfast uptown. Um, But they're opening their home to us, and um, we're going to have music and food and a silent auction. And usually we raise about maybe close to about 15 to 18 percent of our budget at Stairfair. Sure. Um, But we also have wonderful support from local Businesses like Intergy, Intergy is a really large supporter of STAIR and has been for, I think, over 20 years. So mm. we're really grateful for that support from Intergy. We have a large, um, we have a new relationship with the Kellogg Foundation, and um, they actually cover the van transportation Good. that I discussed earlier. Um, because they believe that access to services is something um, that shouldn't prevent someone from benefiting from those services. And so that's really, um, it's been really wonderful for us to have that three-year commitment from them. But, um, the, you know, the Raymond James Foundation is a big supporter. Um, 
Let's see, uh, the Tessin Foundation. <laughs> I could go on and on. No, no, we have no. wonderful supporters. Um, and and the churches, again, um, have always been behind stair in both an in-kind and um, a financial perspective. Sure. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, I feel as though we're a really lucky organization, not only for the partnerships that we have, um, but um, for the work that we do. And, you know, there's something about the community involvement at sort of the low, I don't want to say low level, it's not low, it's at the very highest level, which is a very personal kind of, in other words, it's not you're giving this party mm-hmm. and it's being advertised everywhere and mm-hmm. it's the most wonderful, brilliant social event in the city. No, you're doing things yeah. on a level that really impacts yeah. immediately and children one-on-one, which yeah. is just a, a marvelous, marvelous thing. I call us a very high-touch organization, (laughs) Um, both in terms of the um, amount of time we spend with the children, but also just the number of of folks who are part of the STAIR family, Um, all of the tutors, all of the students, the students' families, um, their teachers, um, the school administrators, the folks at the community groups and churches who support us. Yeah, Well, you know, and you feel that of course, the most important thing is that the child learns to read and gets comfortable reading and is very goes on to wonderful heights. But I wonder if it doesn't do an awful lot for the tutor as well. Well, given the fact that we have tutors who've been with us for probably as many as 15 years, I'm assuming there must be a lot there. <laughs> there must be some good upside to it. And I think yeah. there is when you work with children and you feel like you're doing things. Now, tell us if you were, if someone was interested in mm-hmm. saying, become a tutor. Tell us about what what needs to be done. I know you don't just walk in and, hello, kids, sit down and we'll read. Yes. Um, we actually um, have whole tutor training starting in August of every year. Okay. They go through um, maybe two or three times a week through the beginning of November, and then we start back up again in January. Um, we just require that everyone attend this two-and-a-half-hour session. Um, background on the organization and an introduction to our curriculum. Mm-hmm. Because the curriculum is guided, um, we don't have to go into a lot of detail as long as the adult can sure. read um, and follow the, the guided curriculum. They can work with the students. So we just introduce the curriculum. We also allow um, any tutors to uh, shadow another tutor so that they can feel that would comfortable. Be good. Yeah. Um, and then we also require a background check sure. well, because naturally. they're working with children, of course. Yeah. Um, and we just try to assign folks to the space uh, or the tutoring site that works best for them. Mm-hmm. But at times, we're also looking to fill tutoring slots in parts of the community where we're having difficulty. And so, for example, um, our church partner in Harahan actually closed last mm-hmm. December so when the church closed, uh, what we did was we lost a lot of the tutors who were oh, okay. members of that church yeah. um, who were working with us. And so right now we're struggling in Harahan to recruit tutors. But um, my volunteer coordinator and I um, will be going out and visiting with some of the other churches mm-hmm. in and around that school. As a matter of fact, we're going to be meeting with the um, the reverend at, his name's Reverend Jay, at uh, All Saints Episcopal next week. Okay, I know where that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, I'll we'll have to <laughs> shout out to them. Get going. Yeah, right. uh, no, it, it this I know it's very hard to do that because it, it seems like it has a lot of moving parts, and you have to be sensitive because the moving parts are children, mm-hmm. and what you do with their lives is important. Uh, I think you all just do such 
great work. And I hope Harahan, you get on your um, get going again on it. Harahan's been a great partner. Um, And let me say this. um, I almost feel as though it's there's so many individuals and institutions and organizations who support us. You can't mention them all. No, but um, I do want to say give us um, a specific shout out to uh, St. Charles Avenue Presbyterian Church. Um, They um, allow us our um, space for Mm -hmm. our home office and um, they actually house two of our sites and they have supported STAIR for I, since the, I think, early 90s, maybe from the beginning. Yeah, I was about to say, I think that's kind of where it all began. I remember yeah. it, you know, yeah. I'm old enough to remember that yeah. long ago, and it was wonderful. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing I just want to get in is the longevity of the organization. I talked about tutors who've been mm-hmm. with us for as many as um, 15 years, but our first two executive directors lasted the first 30 years <laughs> of the organization. Um, I'm the the newest kid on the block. <laughs> so I just well, wanted to say it must, that. It must be satisfying then. <laughs> well, look what time it is. I told you this wouldn't take a long time. Um, let's go over some of the things we talked sure. about. To start the thing, if you have a child that you think might need this, you would call and give us that number yes. again. Um, you can call our office. The number is 504 and if you'd like any additional information, we have a fairly robust website, and that website's address is www.stairnola.org, S-T-A-I-R-N-O-L-A dot O-R-G. And you can probably get most of the information, but tell us also about the STAIR Fair yeah. again and when it is and just how to get get an invitation to that. Sure. Um, Stair Fair is happening November 9th at the home of Liz and Terry Creel, which is 3102 Britannia. Um, tickets are $60 a person. Um, we're still accepting sponsorships. If you'd like to support us at a higher level, uh, you can check out our website, uh, Stair Fair 2017, or call the office again, 504-899-0820. We'd so love to have you with us. Sounds like it would be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know... Anybody can come and join in, of course, uh, and pay. We accept and all comers. Do this, <laughs> and uh, if you have an auction, sounds like a wonderful event. Thank you so very much. I'm just so impressed by Stair and by your service to the community. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. And we love WRBH. Oh, I love that too. <laughs> this has been Public Affairs on WRBH. Thanks for listening.